daughter, I'm trying to remember her name, Brother David told me last night she's having heart problems. Pray for her. Amen. The Lord knows her name. My, I forgot it. Hallelujah. But pray for her. Uh, pray for Sister Karen. Uh, she's she's in need of prayer. She needs uh, she needs healing. So pray for Sister Karen. Pray for my wife. She would have been here tonight, but uh, uh, our ramps didn't show up, so she couldn't exit the house. So, Amen. They'll probably be home by the time I get home. But pray for my wife. She was hoping to be in Bible study tonight. Uh, Brother Luke Welty will be with us on the 28th to the 30th. And then possibly maybe a few nights after that. So pray for our meeting with Brother Welty. I think that is it. Besides all, there's been a lot of people that have uh, been hit with COVID. Well, not a lot. Some that have been hit with COVID. Uh, so pray for them. Man, it just seems like we get over a, a bug and then another one comes along and right. here we are, we're all, and a lot of other afflictions that we are always confronted with. So let's stand, let's just bind together. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. God, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your faithfulness, Lord. Thank you for your grace. Your mercies, O oh Lord. Your loving kindness, O oh God. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Put your hand upon us, Lord, as we're gathered here. Bind us together, Lord. Amen, Jesus, Lord, that we can be one body, Lord, and one spirit, Lord, together. Jesus, Maisha, Maia, Lord. God, you know our hearts, Lord. You know. Amen, Lord. Everything, Father, about us. I pray that you would minister unto us, O oh God. You know our needs, O oh Lord. Go before your people. Make a way, O oh God. Amen. Minister to every need, Lord, that we have for our families, for our homes. God, hallelujah. Our physical needs for our bodies, Lord. Soundness and healing strength, O oh God. Touch your people, Lord. Amen, Jesus. Thank you for your word, Lord, that by your stripes we are healed. Amen, Lord. We, amen, acknowledge, Lord, that promise. Touch all those who need a healing in their body. God, right now, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen, Lord. Hallelujah. I pray for Sister Taryn. I pray for Angelica Hopkins, oh, Lord. I pray for my wife. Lord, I pray for Brother Paul, his family. All those others, Lord, who have been afflicted, O oh Lord, with sickness. We pray, God, in the name of Jesus Christ, for your healing, O oh Lord. Amen, Lord. And I pray, Lord, for our material needs. God, all that we need for our homes and our families. Lord, you know, O oh God, make a way, Lord. Bless your people, Lord. Amen, Father. Amen, our spiritual needs, Lord. Renewal, O oh God, revival, restoration, O oh Lord, an infilling, God, of your spirit, Lord, a, a refreshing of your presence, O oh God. Bless your people, Lord. Lord. Amen, Lord. In Jesus' name, put your hand upon us, Lord, as we are gathered here. Jesus of Nazareth, 
Bless us, O Lord. Open our ears that we may hear, Lord. Open our eyes that we may see. In our hearts, Lord, that we can be converted unto you. Amen. And bind us together in your holy name. This we ask, O Lord, in Jesus' name. Let everybody say amen. Amen.
something. Uh, it said, uh, how did it say? It was like, while you're waiting on the Lord, do what waiters do and serve. Yes. Yeah. Oh. All right. 58. There's a call coming.
tried to diagnose me with something called sciatic arthritis. And arthritis is basically something that attacks your tissue and your bones. This attacks my tendons. I was in so much pain when I got here this afternoon. Just trying not to cry. I come up here and I worship him and it's just gone. Yeah. And God is so good. Oh! 
Amen. How great is our God. Praise Him. It's always good to be excited about the things of God and about His Word. And I really get uh, drawn to these uh, little news documentaries that we have in Israel. And, Not, not what's happening uh, as far as the uh, conflict with Syria, but I've been watching <clears throat> in the past, you know, I, I would say probably about a year or so, about the progress they've been making, some of their archaeological uh, uh, digs there, and one of them, one of the great ones, one of the really uh, really uh, important ones is the discovery or the finding the pool of Siloam by accident that took place in 2004 and uh, they had a, a sewer line problem so of course they went down there to take care of it and because of how Jerusalem is situated and, and where it sits they they had to have other people that represented, uh, you know, uh, different branches of uh, history of, of Israel go down there just to make sure nothing was damaged, if there's any uh, historical sites or anything. And here, uh, as they were repairing that, digging up that sewer line and, re, uh, you know, to repair it, they, the, one of the backhoes hit something solid. So when they heard that, they stopped right away and they started to investigate and show that they found they were they were right on top of some stones that were down there. And, and uh, so as they began to uncover it, they found out there were more that were there. And the discovery led to the stones that were situated there. And, and so when they when they uh, finally recognized what it was, they understood they discovered the, the Pool of Siloam. And uh, so that led to other discoveries. And I've been kind of keeping an eye on it now. Now you can go there. And, and of course, they bought the property that you know it, that was there, and they had to unearth uh, quite a bit of uh, rubble, and, and almost rubble that was probably almost 20, 30 feet high. Can you imagine it being buried underneath all that kind of rubble? But all that, you know, you have to remember in history, Jerusalem uh, was a town that was obviously taken over by so many different countries, di different Gentile countries, and it experienced uh, so many uh, wars there. So as a result, every time it was seized and every time it was destroyed, they would destroy all the structures there. And because of that, they would just, you know, just, uh, just push everything down so it became like a heap. So Jerusalem was basically the old city, the old original city was underneath in some areas almost almost 60 feet of, of heap. And, and so that kind of gives you a good example of how much of it got covered up. And so their discovery of the Pool of Siloam, they, they discovered the, the, the east part of it. Now 
they bought the property they're going to the west and you can almost see the outline of it it's a pretty big uh pretty big area they say it's almost as big as two olympic swimming pools put together but that was a place that they would go and they would perform their ceremonial cleansings before they went up to the temple uh, during the feast and that was that's recorded in the history and, and all this and the the street that they walked on as they went to the temple they they discovered that they unearthed it and they 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 actually dug out the right side of it going up to the temple and <clears throat> and then now the left side so it's a pretty wide street it's from one side to the other so i don't know if the plans are to unearth everything which i don't know if they're going to but the pool of siloam they have but i was reading a piece of scripture when the lord in the book of jeremiah when the lord promised that he would send his people back to Israel to to return after their captivity and he said that you would go back there and I'm just paraphrasing you would go back there and you would obviously he said you would restore uh, the city of Jerusalem in that area he said and you will uncover its heaps so you think about that and you see what's going on right now and that's what's taking place and you know one of the arguments that they have that, that Israel has and these people have all these people that are that are a part of this uh, what's going on there they're saying that the, the Muslims and the Arabs won't allow them to take uh, their property back the, you know to have full possession of the Temple Mount because they said there's they, there's no evidence that that uh, Jerusalem was ever the capital of of Israel or of the you know the tribe of Judah, the royal tribe, there's no evidence, but look at all the evidence they're finding. Right. Yeah. All kinds of evidence. Yes. To me, that, to me, and, and you know, you think about it, that I believe that's going to be the very thing that's going to settle the issue on the Temple Mount. Once they can, can know that, hey, this, this does belong to them, then it's going to open up. But it's amazing to see all those areas that have been under, you know, layers and layers of dirt and stones and burned timbers and you name it for centuries and they're digging it up and you can see it just as it was in Jesus's day and, and to me that does something to me it's just like I wish I could translate over there right now so, so I can walk down those streets amen but that's amazing to me when I see that and I get a little emotional because I know the word of God is true. Amen. That's right. You don't have to tell me it's not true. I know it's true. Right. But when you see, you know, a discovery like that, when you see them digging up, you know, evidence like that, just like does something to me. I go, yes, yes, yes. the word of God is true. So I thank God. I thank God. I believe this. The Lord is ministering to us. Yes. And he's bringing so much to our attention. So because of what he's doing and because the manner and the way he's reaching out to us, it would do us well to, to pay close attention. And would do us well to take heed, to hear, and to obey. Because obviously he's He's speaking to us in a way that he's 
He's given us understanding of the things that we need to do to be able to experience the life that He wants you and I to live. Amen. I, I was thinking the other night, uh, the thought just came to me and it was just pressing upon my mind where the Lord spoke to me and He said, I'm willing to give my people victory. I'm willing to give them victory. Obviously, if the Lord is willing to give us victory, if that's his intention, it means he wants to give us victory because of a lot of the things that you and I are are confronting right now, our struggles, because I hear that so many times, struggles, and yeah. battles, and things like that taking place, and we all know that. Yeah. The war that's going on, not just on the outside of us, but on the inside. Right. All the things happening around us. It's not just, it's not just, you know, you think about it, we look at this world and, and, and when we, when we, when our, when our minds are too focused on the earthly things, the things that are out there, we, we seem to, uh, you know, we're not focused on the spiritual things, but right. remember, amen, that it's a spiritual battle yeah. and what you're going through. And obviously that, we know that's true because a lot of the mental battles that you go through and the emotional battles that you go through and even some of your physical battles yeah. that you are going through is because of some of the things that you're confronting in the spiritual realm right. so obviously God wants to give us victory over those and, yeah. and that's the whole reason why it's important for us to maintain our salvation yeah. and it has to be on a daily basis yes. Amen. not every so often not right. every other week or anything like that not every seventh day, nothing like that. Every day we have to maintain yes. our salvation. We have to come to that place and, and, and uh, what we know how to do, to do everything to stand. Yes. In the evil day, that's what Paul said, to do everything to stand. Amen. And then he admonishes us to stand in the power of his might. Yes. I've never seen a group of people so full of faith that virtue of faith and even having that mindset of you know we're, 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 we're believing God and so we're believing what he's able to do for us yes. and, and so we're in that frame of mind where we know that as, like the Bible says Paul said this we are more than conquerors yes. Through him who loved us and gave himself for us. So that puts in you a attitude. We all know what attitude is. It, it puts in us an attitude. I'm not talking about a carnal attitude. I'm talking about a spiritual attitude. Puts you in that frame of mind where the devil cannot get to you. He cannot get you down. He cannot torment you. He cannot frustrate you. He can't even tempt you. So it gives you gives you that mindset, and it gives you the 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 you know we're 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 positive in our amen in the way we look at things. Why? Because we believe we're we're more than conquerors. Can you imagine that? More than conquerors. Why why do we fear? Right. And why do we think that we cannot overcome? 
when we can. And so <clears throat> we need to understand that. Turn with me to your, in your Bibles, the book of uh, Ephesians chapter 2, or chapter, yep, chapter 2. I should say chapter 2, yes. Chapter 2. It's very evident. It's very evident. You can pretty much tell when a person is full of the Holy Ghost. You can see it. You can see that light. You can see that that glow. Oh, yeah. And you can see the face. Because they're full. We see here in chapter 2 of Ephesians, and we'll begin with verse number 1, and it says, And you hath he quickened. And you hath he quickened. He has made alive. Who were dead in trespasses and sins. Where in time past he walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. When we were bound in sin, Satan was our master. We did everything that he, amen, that he basically willed us to do. We followed the prince of the power of the air. And that happens when, of course, Paul said, when we were dead in our sins, in our in trespasses and sins. So, so when we're in that particular area, in that dimension, living in sin, you're bound. You're bound. So if you're bound, you're limited. You don't even have power. One of the greatest lies, and I keep saying this, and if you could ever pay attention to what I tell you, one of the greatest lies is that Satan, Satan likes to deceive you to think that you are doing everything on your own, of your own power, of your own will. But when he has you bound in sin, you can't do the things that, amen, you really want to do. You're living in sin. So you become a slave to sin. So as a result, guess what? You're going to walk in disobedience. And that's what he's talking about. Children of disobedience. So he says, among, in verse number three, among whom also we all had our conversation our behavior in times past in the lust of our flesh fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature the children of wrath even as others so I want you to pay attention because a lot of times this is how you know Satan if he has you bound 
in your flesh and in your mind. Right. He has your spirit bound. And that's why that's why people are so how can I say? That's why a lot of people are so turned on to sin because you know what? It obviously it uh, it, it appeals to the carnal nature. Right. It appeals to your flesh. Yep. So you like the way it feels. Right. We all know that, don't we? Yeah. Amen. Those of us that were alcoholics and those of us yeah. that were drug addicts and yeah. a lot of other things, a lot of other sins. That we committed, we liked it because it felt good in our flesh. Yeah, so yeah. if he can bind us in our flesh and in our mind, because he has control of you. Yeah. Amen. Those thoughts are there because he puts them there. That's right. And he's able to control what you do. Right. But as long as he's in control of your mind and of your spirit, your, your I mean your your flesh, guess what? He's got control of your spirit. That's right. right. Hallelujah. Okay. So it says, among whom also we all had our conversation, our behavior in times past in the lust of the flesh. We used to live in the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as the others. But look what he says. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace ye are saved. So he says, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace ye are saved. Now let me, uh, I, I'm going to, uh, I want to, speak on this here tonight but amen I want you to understand something let's read on uh, and he hath raised us up together everybody see that yes. he raised us up together the Bible says that word raise means he has elevated us he has taken us from where we used to be and he has lifted us up now what's he talking about He's talking about in the spirit. He's talking about the spiritual realm or the spiritual dimension. Something about being filled with the Holy Ghost. When you're filled with the Holy Ghost, guess what God's going to do? God is going to raise you up. You're going to be elevated. Amen. Amen. You're going to come from where you lived in your carnality, which is a lower life. And God is going to raise you up. Where you can abide with him in a higher life. A spiritual life. That's what he's talking about. Okay? Okay? And he says, And made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now look what he says. Made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Sit together in heavenly places. In the heavenly realm sit so why does he say sit together well sit together with him because right now guess where Jesus is he's in heaven he's occupying the throne 
He's sitting on the throne because he is Lord of heaven and earth. He's not just Lord of lords. He's king of kings. So he's sitting on his throne. So here's the thing that happens in the spirit. We're raised up together with him and we're sitting together with him. In other words, guess what? We are sitting together with him. When we're sitting together with him, guess what we have? We have authority. Now that's a that's a spiritual principle. That's what you and I can and some of us have, we experience it in the Holy Ghost. We can sit together, we can reign with him. But the Bible talks about reigning with him. Well, guess where that reign begins? That reign begins when we're full filled with the Holy Ghost. Okay? Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody having problems with this? Can you understand it? Yes. So he's raising this up together. Okay, let's okay, let's 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 talk about this now. And so let's go on. He's raised and hath raised us up together in verse number six and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Pay attention to what he's saying. To show the exceeding riches of his grace. It's kind of something how the Holy Ghost penned this through Paul. The exceeding riches of his grace. The exceeding riches of his grace. In other words, this grace can go beyond any limit. You ever wonder why Paul said that? We cannot comprehend the breadth, the width, the depth, the height. We can't. Why is it? He's letting us know. If I could get some of you young people and, and some of you adults to realize and understand this. There's so much of God that you can experience yes. when you walk in the Holy Ghost. Amen. But that's what you need to understand and comprehend what God has given us in the Holy Ghost. Amen. That we can live. Amen. That experience. Okay? So he says that. That in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace, of his grace, in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Okay, here comes that word again. We're looking for that word again. Does anybody know what it is? Grace. For by grace ye are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift. It is the gift of God. For by grace ye are saved. By grace. The gift of grace. That's what I'm talking to you about tonight. Amen. The gift of grace. Thank God for the gift of grace. Because because of the gift of grace, we're saved by grace. Amen. Amen. We started out because of grace. We did. We weren't even aware of it. Yes, that's right. That's right. That's what Paul said. When we were dead in sins, yes. 
When we were dead in sins, he quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved. Somehow, God came into our lives because of grace. The grace of God was extended toward you and I. And we weren't even looking for it. By grace are ye saved. Here's, a, here's something interesting. If you have a Strong's concordance, look up in the in the Greek concordance. The the number for that word is fifty four eighty five. Write that down. Look up five four eight five. So the word for grace. You're going to come up with the Greek word, C H A R I S. C-H-A-R-I-S. And guess how it's pronounced. If I read the pronunciation right, you know how you pronounce it? Listen to this. Is everybody ready? Yes. Caress. So when you, you know what I'm talking about? When you caress something, you caress it. You know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about? When, when somebody caresses you? What does that mean when they caress you? Hugging, putting your, your yeah, just being, being, uh, uh, what's the word? Intimate, loving. You're just caressing, you're just grace. Guess what God did? God did for all, all of us. He caressed us. Put his arms around us. Huh? Even though when we were sinners, he still put his arms around us. He caressed us. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost up here. He gave us favor. That's what we feel when the Holy Ghost comes upon us. It feels like God is holding us, doesn't it? Puts his arms around us. We feel the love of God. Talk about a beautiful experience. He caresses us. Gives us grace. Yes. Grace. Yes. Wow. Something we didn't deserve, but he did it. Right. Thank you, Jesus. And it means, listen to this. It means this. It means favor. Favor. God gives you favor. Your favor. I want you to understand something. I want to draw the contrast. When we lived in sin, things were stolen from us. Things were destroyed. Things were killed. But here comes Jesus. He said, I come to give you life, but give you life more abundantly. He caressed us. He gave us favor. He wrapped his arms around us. With the devil, we didn't have favor, but with Jesus, we have favor. He's wrapped his arms. If there's if there's not a better reason, huh? a better reason for us to realize, hey, come on, let's return our love to God because he first loved us. Let's return our love to God. Let's let's show Him. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 
He caressed us. My. So here's, here's, you know, you can go into a, a, a lexicon. And I like what the Greek lexicon said about this particular word, grace, 5485 in the Greek lexicon. Listen to what the Greek lexicon says about this definition of grace. Pay attention. Listen to it once. It means the divine influence upon the heart. The divine influence upon the heart. That's not all of it. Listen to this. It's what you and I feel. You can feel it. If you're sensitive enough to the Holy Ghost, you feel that. You feel the goodness of God. How many of you know God's real when you feel His love and His goodness? Man, we just, we come into contact with His Spirit and it's just like, woo. Man, you know God is good, don't you? So so it's that divine influence upon the heart. Okay, now here's this. And it's reflection in the life of that individual. So in other words, grace is this. God influences us divinely, so we feel that. We feel his caress. We feel his love. So because of it, guess what? Our response is this. Should be reciprocal. Because of what we feel, guess what? Our life is going to reflect God's grace. Because of his goodness that he has extended out to us, guess what? We're going to love him right back. We're going to let our life reflect his divine influence. See, that's what, that should be what you and I experience. That, that is the normal course of our... Re- that should be the normal course of our relationship with Him. Yeah. That should be the way... That should be just the way things go. I wish it was just like that. Amen. Guess what? Here's, here's the sad thing about it. Because we don't choose to do that. Life could be and can be better if you can choose... To let God's grace influence your life. Your life could be a whole lot better. But because you choose not to return God's love. Guess what happens? We complicate things. We make things difficult for ourselves. Quit pointing your finger at God. He's not the one for all the ill and all the bad in your life. All the adversity. You're the one that puts yourself there. You're the one that... Makes it hard. Amen. When we can just so easily say, okay, Lord. I want to obey your word. I want to obey your will. We can make it so easy for ourselves. But we always choose to because of this. So here, that, see, that's that's the thing that the Lord is, you know, that's that's the way that the process. The other morning I was talking about process, the process. Yeah. Of course, along with the process, there's progress. Yeah. If we follow the process, there's going to be progress. Yeah. We're going to progress. Yeah. 
We're going to grow. We're going to develop. We have developed enough in our carnality. We should develop in our spiritual, in the spiritual things, in our spiritual life. That's where we need to develop. Because that's what should happen. The divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in the life. In other words, guess what happens? Because of that, it's going to turn things around. And man, guess what? We're just going to... Amen. I pray that ye would prosper even as your soul prospers. Yeah, right. The Apostle John obviously knew. Right. Amen. I would that ye would prosper. Amen. How many of you know what that word prosper means? We think about prosper. By the way, yeah. Woo. Yeah, if that's what you think about, that's good. Obviously, prosper it, 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 it kind of has a positive yes. yeah. a positive uh, meaning to it so when you say prosper oh man I'd love to prosper but John said I would that you would prosper even as your soul prospers right. so when your soul prospers you're going to prosper yes. why is that why is that the yes. grace of God yes. Amen. Yes. Amen. God's not a man that you should lie Right. When he Amen. when he gives you a promise, guess what? He's a promise keeper. Yes, yes. he is. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. So we shouldn't be uh, cutting ourselves short. Amen. Huh? Amen. I'm glad all of you are in the house of God tonight. It makes Amen. me feel good. Amen. I'm pretty sure Jesus is yep. Yep. probably dancing Amen. right now. Because you all chose to come to the house of God. Come to his house. So that means you have potential, man. Oh, if I if they would just let me. If they would just let me bless them. If they would just believe what I'm what I promised them. If they would just believe me and take me at my word. They would just put their faith in me and let me prove myself to them. Yes. Amen. That's, that's what the word of God says. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. What part of that makes it hard for us to grasp? Right. We talk about anybody, anybody ever uh, <clears throat> speak to you about something and, and they, they're, they're kind of giving you an, an idea of what it is, you know, if they're, if they're going to somehow make you feel better or make your life better. Yeah. We like to hear things like that, don't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh? yeah. If you meet if you meet me at uh, somebody comes walking up to you says if you meet me at Walmart at uh, three o'clock in the afternoon sharp, I'll give you a thousand dollars. Guess what happens? Everybody boom right? <laughs> And you would be there before. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, amen. If you're there, you, you've got that opportunity, you got that, that offer, huh? To be $1,000 richer. How many of you would actually do that? Yeah. 
If you knew it was going to happen, yeah, I'm, yeah. I guarantee you. All of you would be there. You just. Thousand dollars. Huh? You would take it. Oh, yeah. But did you realize this? When God promises us something, something, you know, my dad says, nothing, nothing, that, that is too good to be true, he said. Because we always, always want something for nothing. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Amen. Yep. That's true. That's the truth. Wow. Very, 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 very true. That's the truth. Very yeah. False. False. Amen. Yep. I always want that handout. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Amen. Amen. And if that person said, I want you to, I want you to, and when you got there, he says, okay, I got, you're here, I got this thousand dollars for you. For the next 30 days, yeah. I'll just be general, I won't be specific. I want you to be a good person. Is everybody with me yet? Oh, yeah. yeah, amen. Okay. So what would you do? Would you say, mm, well, here's a thousand that. Why <laughs> <laughs> would you, well, you take it? But you have to be, you have to be, you have to be good. What would you do? It came with the stipulation you were given you were given that amount of money but it came with a stipulation what would you do would you be forced to change a lot of your habits especially if some of, some of those habits weren't good habits Am I making any sense? Yes. Yes, you are. Everything has a, a price. Yes, it does. <clears throat> Stipulation. For by grace are you saved. Here's, here's the thing. So many people misinterpret that. For by grace are you saved. It is a gift of God. So you know what they do? Oh, thank God for his grace. Yep. But you know what? Because of the what I just told you about what grace means. There's no return. Right. Nothing in return. So I believe this. I believe God is a just God. Yes. yes. Amen. 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 Yes. Amen. And the Bible says here, if we read it in Titus chapter 2, if you got it, if you're there, verse number 11, it says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. The grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. It's appeared to all men, the grace of God that brings salvation. Guess what? Grace brings salvation. 
So obviously because grace brings salvation. There's got to be something attached to that. In order for you to be saved. It's appeared to all men. But he doesn't stop there. He's talking about the grace of God. He says, yep. teaching us that. Denying ungodliness. And worldly lust. We should live soberly. Righteously. And godly in this present world. Amen. If grace is going to be grace. Are you listening? Yes. If grace is going to be grace, grace teaches us. That's what he says. Yes. Grace teaches us that denying ungodliness. Right. Denying worldly lust. We live soberly. You know what that sober? Somebody says, well, I'm not an alcoholic. I don't drink. You know what that means? Soberly? That means you're not intoxicated. Because you can be intoxicated with something other than alcohol. You can be intoxicated with a lot of trends and a lot of stereotypes and a lot of lifestyles. You can be intoxicated. You young people don't realize this. You're intoxicated with a lot of the world. There's a lot of things out there in the world you're intoxicated with. Because if you weren't, you would be of a sober mind. You wouldn't think like that. You wouldn't act like that. Soberly, righteously, uprightly. Why is it? Why is it that we're so afraid of being righteous? I'm not talking about your righteousness. I'm talking about his righteousness. Yes. And godly. Why is it we're so afraid to be godly? Be Christ-like. Be a Christian. Be a spirit-filled, born-again, heaven-bound believer in the liberating power of Jesus' name. So, the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that. So, the grace of God will teach us. It will teach us. Amen. Guess what? That's our problem. We kind of have a hard time. Can I share a fact of life with everybody here? Yes, please. Huh? You're going to find out, everybody, from, from the youngest, from Lana to Sister Walker. You're going to find out about life. You can't go through life without being taught. So you might as well get used to it that you're going to be taught one way or another. That's yes. true. Amen. So you might as well be taught good. Yes. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We all 
need teaching. Yes. I need teaching. Yes. I need yes. instruction. Yes. I need yes. to learn. Yes. I haven't learned everything yet. Right. <laughs> and I know some of you are probably shocked at that, but. <laughs> I need to learn too. Life is a, is a learning experience. Yes. You you cannot say that you've learned everything. Guess what? You'll be learning to the day you die. I'm glad we I'm glad we have the opportunity to you know uh, when something happens we can. We can obviously, if, if, you're, if you're really that kind of person that really notices a lot of things, you're going to learn from what happens to you. Yeah. You're going to learn to take the, the bad and turn it into good. Yes. You're going to learn to readjust your life. I'm glad we have that ability to readjust things when they're not going good. Readjust them. You know what that is? That's learning. That's being taught how to do good. To follow good. So we're gonna we're gonna learn that. We're, it's a learning process. You just can't go through life and not want to learn. Right. Amen. You're just gonna be empty. Yeah. You're gonna be a vegetable. You're not going to know nothing. Yeah. Huh? Amen. I don't want to be ignorant. No, me neither. No. I don't want to be ignorant. No. I don't want to be called stupid. No, me neither. Huh? I want to learn. Amen. And I'm still learning. Amen. I'm amazed. I just kind of <laughs> get beside myself when I when I come across something I've, I have never known before. And then, then here's the thing about it. The, the, concept, the, the concept and principle of learning, whatever you're introduced to, whatever information comes to you, and you see it and, and you go, wow. Here's the thing. You're supposed to take it. And you're supposed to apply it. Like the Word of God, you're supposed to take it and ingest it. Yes. Make it a part of you so that you can live it. Yes. That right there, I think, is where everybody stops. Yeah. They don't ingest. They don't apply the Word to their life. Yeah. Amen. That's why Hosea said, my people perish because of lack of knowledge. And you wonder why people have a difficulty difficulty living for God is because they never want to apply the word so that they can know that they can live it. And so they die, they perish because of lack of knowledge. I didn't know that. Right. Very true. Please don't try to prejudge anything because there's a lot that you don't know, especially in young people. You think this is, you know, we, we have an idea about life and that's the way you look at it, but you're going to find out, nah. Right. I have to find that out the hard way, and I guarantee you all these yes. adults found out the hard Amen. way. Amen. Me too. No, don't do that. Huh? Right. That rattlesnake is not your friend. That's right. Huh? Yeah. Here's the thing, Romans chapter 5, let's go there. Romans chapter 5, 
look what look what Paul says in Romans chapter five here, and uh, <clears throat> he says in verse number two, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. So he said, we have access by faith into this grace. Access by faith into this grace. So if you want this grace, you have to access it by faith. Amen. Huh? That's right. Amen. You have to access it by faith. That's what he's saying, isn't he? Yeah. So, so how many do? How many of you know what faith is? How many of you know what faith is? You don't know what faith is? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So, if you you're believing God for something, guess what? We cannot see it right now. It's not tangible. It's abstract. It's in our minds. The substance of things hoped for. In other words, what, whatever you picture in your mind, what God has promised you or what you're seeking God for, it's in your mind. It's abstract. The substance of things hoped for. Right. The evidence of things not seen. So you don't see it yet. But if you keep on believing and keep on obeying and keep on pursuing God, guess what's going to happen? One day it's going to become a reality. It's going to be something that you can touch and you can feel. Verse number six. For without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Diligently seek him. Yes. In other words, guess what? You're not just going to just be casual about it. Right. Amen. That's the truth. Amen. Huh? Yeah. Amen. Uh, I might, you know. No. Guess what? If you really want it. Yeah. That's right. Amen. 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 So he talks about that. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Here's the good thing about it. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. Yes. Knowing that tribulation worketh patience and patience experience. Patience experience. That's a good way to, to build experience. I know some of us don't like that. <clears throat> experience and, and, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. But when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So you think about that. <clears throat> You think about that. Paul says this, Romans 6 there, 
next chapter, if you want to go there. Verse number one, look what he says. Shall we, what shall we say then? <clears throat> shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Huh? Since grace is so freely given to him, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? If you know what grace is, remember it's favor. Okay? You know that much now, but when you know the other part of it, then it's going to really, hopefully, somehow stir you up in your spirit. Because he says that. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Look what he says. God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live, live any longer therein? In other words, if we have died out to sin, when we repent it, repentance is not just a one, repentance is not a one-time thing. It's an everyday yeah. thing. Amen. You've got to put the old man to death. Why? Because we're supposed to be dead to sin. Right. Sin should not be in our mortal bodies. Amen. So we should we should be dead to sin. So that's what he said. Dying not to sin. Remember, we're still talking about grace. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So he says. We shall not continue in sin. God forbid. So you think about it. Here's the thing. Let's focus on something here. Because here's, here's a problem. I want everybody to listen to this. Here's a problem. Some people think sin is not bad. Some people think sin will not hurt you. The devil's got you believing that. Yeah. And some people think there's nothing wrong with it. Right. We're living in a world where they think there's nothing wrong with living a sinful life, with being ungodly and immoral and abominable. Huh? We're yeah. seeing that. An alternative lifestyle. Who says? Right. And it's okay. But when you try to somehow say, hey, no, 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 that's not the way it is. That's not the truth. Guess what? You become a hater. Because you're letting them know the truth. That is not, that is not the right way. That is not good. Huh? There's, there's, you know, sin is not good. I want you to understand there's nothing good about sin. Right. But some people think it's okay. Love to live in sin. And here comes the word of God. And the word of God even reinforces the truth about sin. That sin is sin. Right. Sin is sin. The word of God is, is just like a magnifying glass. Yep. Right. It just kind of lets you see. Yep. Hey. 
It is bad. Paul talked about that. Go, go with me to back to Romans chapter uh, 5, verse number 20. Look what he says. Uh, Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. So he said, the law entered in that the offense might abound. So in other words, what does that mean? So that sin could be seen as it really is. It's terrible. Okay, let, let me, let me, cause, cause I want you to understand this. I want, I want everybody to pay attention, especially young people. You be honest with yourself. How many of you, how many of you want to die? How many of you want to face death? That's a reality. Amen. Let me let me share something with you. None of us are promised tomorrow. Right. Hmm? We might think that life is going to go on. We don't know that. We don't have power. And you think everything's going to be fine. The, the truth of the matter is, if you ever are confronted with death, everybody in here would probably shrink. Everybody in here will probably become fearful. Yeah. You and you, you would say, and you're like a lot of people, I don't want to die. Yeah. That's true. You get to that point where you see how real death is, and guess what? You don't know. You don't know anything about what happens after this life. You have no clue. Right. Yep. Amen. But here's the thing. Just because the way we think, oh, sin's not bad. That's what the devil would like you to believe. Right. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. Yes. So when you sin, guess what's going to happen? Guess what? Guess what? The wages of sin is death. So what's the payment for sin? For sinning. You know what the payment for sinning is? It's death. Those are the wages of sin. So if you sin, guess what's going to happen? One day, guess what? Death is going to come. You're going to receive the payment for sin. Now that's a reality. But you know what? We're not afraid of that. You know why? Because the devil says, oh, you know, sin, sin, your sin isn't that bad. All sin is bad. Are you listening to me? If I could somehow instill it in some of you young people, your attitude, because that's what the devil wants you to have is an attitude against your parents, against adults, against elders, having an attitude that, you know, oh, I don't have to. That's sin. Huh? The Bible says, honor thy father and thy mother. Yes. Obey your parents in the Lord. Yes. Huh? Amen. That's what the Bible says. But the devil says, no, you don't have to. Right. But guess what? Keep on doing it. Yep. Because sin is on you. And you know what the Bible says about sin? Uh, when, when the Lord spoke to uh, 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 Cain, 
He said, you better be careful, Cain. Because as long as you entertain sin, he said, sin is like a lion that's couching at the door. Yeah. And it's ready to pounce on you. Yeah. Amen. And, and guess what? Here's the thing about it. You need to understand this. You're unable to help yourself. Yeah. You can't do it. That's why you need the grace of God. Yes. yes. Amen. Amen. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. I'm glad I'm around the Word because the Word helps me to understand. Oh, yes. The Word enlightens me. So what is grace? Because we think, you know, we, we look at that and we say, oh, the grace of God that has appeared unto man. The grace of God. Grace. Favor. What is that favor? When he talks about grace. What is that favor? Well, I'm going to show it to you. I'm going to show you what that grace is. Go with me to Galatians chapter, uh, go with me to Galatians chapter uh, uh, 1. And look what the Apostle Paul is talking about here. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And look what he says. He says in, in, in Galatians chapter 1, verse number 15, look what he says. But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb, and look what he says, and called me by his grace. He called me by his grace. When it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb, and called me by his grace. So he said, God separated him from his mother's womb, called him by his grace. Then look, he goes on. This is what the grace he's talking about. To reveal his son in me. That I might preach him among the heathen. Immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood. So he said, the grace of God was to reveal his son in me. What, what is he talking about? Well, obviously, to reveal his son in me, Paul was saying, hey, the grace of God is being filled. Yes. Amen. With the Spirit of God. Yes. That's the grace of God. Yes. So you think about it. You think about being filled uh, with, with the Spirit of God. That's the grace of God. God gives us favor because of the Holy Ghost that He gives us. Amen. You go here, go here to uh, not Galatians, Ephesians chapter three, and, and look what he says here in verse number two in chapter three. He says, "If ye have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given to me to you, word the dispensation of the grace of God." Which was given to me to you were. How that by revelation he made known to me the mystery of his. The mystery as I wrote before in a few words. 
whereby when ye read, ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Okay, so he's talking about the grace of God. So look what he says. Which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy prophets and uh, oh, holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of this promise in Christ by the gospel. So in other words, what is he talking about? He's talking about, amen, the salvation or the experience of what it is to be born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, baptized in Jesus' name, huh? That's the grace of God. So the grace of God is being filled with the Spirit of God. God gives us grace. You think about that. Galatians, go back to Galatians chapter 2. Verse number 20, he says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Look what he says. Pay attention. Nevertheless I live. I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. So he's talking about it. I'm crucified with him. In other words, he's putting the outward man, he's putting the old man to, to death. He's crucifying the flesh. I am crucified with Christ, yet I live. I live, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. So he says, Christ is living in me. The Holy Ghost is living in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So look what he says. He's given me the Holy Ghost. He's given me the Holy Ghost. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm crucifying the flesh. Huh? I'm crucifying the flesh. I'm alive, but I'm alive huh? by the Holy Ghost. Nevertheless, I live. The, the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me. So, so what is he talking about? Be filled with the Holy Ghost. Right. Amen. That's what Amen. all of you have. Yes. So, so when he's talking about that. He's talking about that. But look what he says. So then he, then he goes on. He says in verse number 21, I do not frustrate the grace of God. In other words, guess what? I'm not going to frustrate the grace of God. I'm not going to come against the spirit that dwells inside me. Wow. You ever wonder why he said that in Ephesians, uh, excuse me, Galatians chapter 5, he said, the spirit lusteth against the flesh and the flesh against the spirit, and these two are contrary to one another. That's what happens in, in our lives. You know that. Everybody who knows that, you battle that every day. You battle your flesh. The Holy Ghost says to do this, and guess what? Your flesh says to do this, so you're going back and forth. They're contrary one to another. But look what Paul says. I don't want to frustrate the grace of God. He's given me the Holy Ghost. He's given me favor. First Corinthians uh, 1 and verse 4 says, I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ. What's the grace of God? He's filled you with the Holy Ghost. Guess what? 
We walk in the Spirit. I had this moment years ago in my sinful days. I was a young man bound in all kinds of sin. I remember me and my brother-in-law, Jim, we were at our second home. The Tally Ho Tavern. Mom and Dad used to say, that's your second home. I was really... I was flying. wasn't just drunk. I was, I was flying. I was, I was popping pills, and I was just like. And we were playing, we were playing snooker. Anybody know what a snooker table is? Big old table playing snooker. And there I was. I was taking my shots, playing snooker. And I stood up. And all of a sudden, it was just like, boom! I felt something hit the top of my head. Boom! And I kind of... And my brother-in-law was standing across the table. And I looked at him, I said, did somebody hit me? <laughs> he goes like this. Points behind me. So I turn around, by that time, there's blood coming. <laughs> I still got a ridge right here. But... There's blood coming down my forehead, and there was a guy there, standing there, who he had the reputation of being not a good person. And there he was standing there with the end of a pool cue, and he's the one that hit me in the back of the head, on top of the head. Boom! But you know, I was so doped up, I didn't, it didn't even, I mean, it kind of. But you think about it. Think about that. If I wasn't doped up, I probably would have dropped. Right. But because all all that, you know, those stimulants I had in my body, I didn't. My body was just like, man, I tell you what, after that, after everything started to set in, I said, of course, they hauled that guy out of there, the owner of the bar, grabbed him, they took him out and everything, there it was. And Why am I saying that? Uh, I want to turn the tables with that that story because I was so out of it in drugs. I took the blow without being knocked out. Right. I was still, in a, in a sense, I was still had my conscience. But afterwards, because I was so hyped up on drugs, and and, and pretty soon you know the blood and everything, and then all of a sudden it comes. I was starting to get dizzy and and so of course of course back in those days but Aaron knows how it is back in those days they didn't run me to the hospital the, the hospital there was a clinic in town but it was already closed the hospital was 35 miles away they didn't run me to the hospital guess what I was I just stayed there in that bar I just continued doing what I was doing even though I was staggering around and in and out then I went home I went to sleep woke up with a big gash in my head big old you know welt and everything and, and, and but because of the drugs that I was so, my body was so, you know, intoxicated with. It saved me from, I guess, the physical reaction that I probably would have had if I was sober. I probably would have been knocked out. I probably, probably would have even 
been killed, I don't know. That's something I can't explain. I mean, there's been several things done to me. I'm not proud of it, but they have it. Just being in that place and boom. So, so I'm saying that to say this. When the devil attacks you, are you listening? You're so full of the Holy Ghost. When the devil attacks you, it's going to be just like that blow. It may stagger you, but you're not going to fall. Are you listening? You're so full of the Holy Ghost when he does that. You know what? You're going to probably say, hey, why did you do that? But that's what God's grace will do for you. That's what God's grace will do for you. And we're admonished. Let me tell you something. Uh, let's go there. Let's go there. Uh, we're, we're two more scripture verses and we're done. We're, we're, we're over, but that's fine. Uh, go with me to Hebrews uh, chapter 10. And you probably, some of you are probably know where I'm going with this. But Hebrews chapter 10. And, uh, excuse me. I got Hebrews chapter 10. Look what he says. Verse number uh, 26. Hebrews chapter 10. If you have it, say amen. amen. It says, if, For if we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. But a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation, which shall devour the adversaries. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. <coughs> of how much more sore punishment suppose ye shall he be thought worthy who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God and hath counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing. And hath done despite unto the spirit of grace. See? The Holy Ghost is the spirit of grace. Paul said that. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Whereby you have been sealed. Grieve not. And we think we can just. You know. Without even a second thought. God's given us grace. He's given us grace by the Holy Ghost that we have. We have the spirit of grace. That's the grace that we're saved by that grace. And that's what we all need. We all need to walk in that grace. Walk in the spirit. So the apostle Peter said in 2 Peter chapter 3 verse number 18. And this is my last scripture verse. He says, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Grow in grace. You can grow in grace. 
And that's what makes it that's what makes it successful in the Lord. Amen. Sin won't be a problem to you. Sin shouldn't be a problem to you. Thank God. That's why I said, you can tell somebody that's full of the Holy Ghost. Yeah, you can. Amen. Mm. Yeah. Praise God. They have that look. They have that, that walk. They have that smile. They have that positive attitude. Might be going through something. Ah. I got the Holy Ghost. I got grace. Saved by grace. I've been saved by grace. Maybe we should have seen that tonight. <laughs> Amen. Let's not forget uh, the sale. Those of you that lend a helping hand Friday and Saturday, we sure would appreciate it. Uh, remember all the dates coming up. God bless you. Greet one another. Have a good night. In Jesus' name.